0: Uh, Today, I'm going to be talking through and reading, referencing some of some really hard verses. Um, The content is hard and it's graphic. And so if you have children listening, I would just strongly suggest maybe putting in your earbuds or having them go in a different room. Um, I am going to be reading through chapter 19, um, but to give you a little bit of context, on the verses that come before what we're going to read, um, it starts out with "There's a Levite man who's from the hill country of Ephraim. He has a concubine, which is basically a mistress. Um, it's a woman who lives with a man that has a lower status than his wife or wives." I got that reference from Google. Um, so the concubine ran away from the Levite, from this Levite husband's house. Um, after allegedly being unfaithful. Uh, we don't know if she was unfaithful relationally or if she's just being called unfaithful because she left his house. Um, but she went back to her father's house, which was uh, pretty far away from where he lived. And so uh, the Levite man, he goes to the father's house to retrieve her. And on their way back, it was a really long journey, and they needed somewhere to stay Um, No one would have him or allow them to to stay there because he wasn't from there. Um, And so he came in contact with another man who was also from the hill country of Ephraim, who now lived in the town of Gibeah. Um, The people who lived in Gibeah were part of the tribe of Benjamin. And this will be important to remember later on, as the ramifications of this story will only get worse. Um, which for me, I'm like, how does it get any worse? But it does, and it's just really sad, and they're just really hard verses. And so um, in Judges chapter 19, um, I'll be picking up reading verses 22 through 30, and I'm reading from the NIV. While they were enjoying themselves, some of the wicked men of of the, the city surrounded the house. Pounding on the door, they shouted to the old man who owned the house, "Bring out the man who came to your house so we can have sex with him." The owner of the house went outside and said to them, "No, my friends, don't be so vile. Since this man is my guest, don't do so- such outrageous don't do this outrageous thing. Look, here is my virgin daughter and his concubine." I will bring them out to you now, and you can use them and do to them whatever you wish. But as for this man, don't do such an outrageous thing. But the men would not listen to him. So the man took his concubine and sent her outside to them. And they raped her and abused her throughout the night. And at dawn they let her go. At daybreak, the woman went back to the house where her master was staying fell down at the door, and lay there until daybreak. When her master got up in the morning and opened the door of the house and stepped out to continue on his way, there lay his concubine, fallen in the doorway of the house, where her hands, with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, Get up and let's go. But there was no answer. And then the man put her on his donkey and set out for home. When he reached home, he took a knife and cut up his concubine limb by limb into 12 parts and sent them into all the areas of Israel. Everyone who saw it was saying to one another, Such a thing has never been seen or done, not since the day the Israelites came up out of Egypt. Just imagine, we must do something, so speak up. After reading this, you may wonder what are you supposed to learn from this awful story? At least that's what I have asked myself every time I read these verses. And um, I actually first read these verses a year ago while going through the chronological study. And then several weeks back, I signed up for a podcast, not realizing it was these verses. And I immediately texted my friend Cloud, and I said, what does one learn from these verses? And he said, there was a desperate need for a Savior. And so while we are going to continue to talk about this, I just want you to remember everything that we talk about today. um, Just repeat that. There is a desperate need for a Savior. Um, I think it's also true to make note that it's important to make note that um, during this time there was no king of Israel. There was no political king, um, but also the people of Israel were refusing to follow the leadership of God as well. And so um, the last ordained judge was Samson and he is dead by now. So they were literally living for themselves and in charge of what was right and what was wrong. And they got to set that standard. And so um, They had drifted just so far from the leadership of God and were just um, lost. And so in verses 22 through 24, um, the men that are beating on the door, yelling at the old man who owns the house um, to send out his visitor, the Levite man, so they could have sex with him. And so this is parallel to the story in Sodom and Gomorrah. And um, we just see history repeating itself in a way. Um, and there's just uh, a desire for lust. And uh, when, when we so deeply desire what the world has to offer we act like crazy people. They were literally willing to beat down the door to get what they wanted. And I think I think it's safe to say that apart from God, when God is not the ruler of our life, when he is not um, the leader of our life, the Lord of our life, I would say we would probably be able to identify in a different way and we would be willing to beat down a door to get what we wanted because... We are living for our own selfish desires. Um, and so we continue. The, the owner of the house, the old man, um, begs them to, to not do that because that's so outrageous. Um, and so he wants to send out his virgin daughter and the concubine. Um, well, all I can say about that is it just shows cowardness and weakness. And he's literally willing to sacrifice his own daughter and it, there, there's just no words. He's, he's a coward and he is weak and, um, they're not listening to him. And so the Levite man who is inside the house, he just throws out his concubine, his legal bride, um, to these wicked man, men, and they rape her and they abuse her all night long, this innocent woman, and they take advantage of her. And, um, it just makes me sick. And they, they were so far into their sin and their selfish, selfish desires that they were willing to brutally hurt and take advantage of an innocent woman. And it's just sad. It's sad that sin can be so consuming that you just, you lose sight of, of the end and just the consequences from their actions. And they didn't care. Um, And, you know, and we see this today, we see this behind computer screens, we see this in sex trafficking rings, we see this all the time today, and it just looks different. And the root of it is there's a desperate need for a Savior. There was a need for a Savior then, and there are people who live apart from God now, there's a, a desperate need for Jesus to to rescue them. And it's our job as believers, if you are a believer, it's our job to bring Jesus to the world um, so that that light will shine into darkness. Um, So going back to um, just the sin and just remembering that there was no leadership, there was no following God, there was no Uh, king at this time period. And I think, you know, something that we can take away from that is when we create the rules in our own lives, we act like heinous animals as well, just like them, whether it's lust and greed, gluttony and lies, it leads to self-serving destruction and death. Um, so the next morning, the, the Levite owner of the concubine, he goes outside to go on his way, um, and he comes across uh, the concubine, and she's lifeless. She's dead. The, these men abused her so badly that she died. Um, and then the the Levi owner just threw her over the back of his donkey, took her back home, and cut her body into 12 parts and sent them to the 12 parts of Israel. Uh, it's awful. The story ends here. There's no happy ever after um, but I think another thing to take note of is, again, there was a desperate need for a savior, but also something that we learned from this story is that the Bible is brutally honest. It is not full of make-believe stories and fairy tales, rather it consists of true accounts of a people group who were so far from God. They rejected him time and time again, and they sought to self-satisfy. And they continued to, the, to forget about His goodness. And this leads to one of the most heinous acts in Scripture that people years after would remember. And it shows just what man is capable of when we let sin be the God in our lives. My friend Kelsey said something that really changed my perspective of these verses. And she was actually referring to um, some verses in Romans but i think it's very applicable here too and she said i'm prone to focus on the good news but for the good news to be good we must first know there is a problem and you know i i'm the same way i want to focus on god is good god is love god is mercy his grace and 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 that's good and i think our head has to stay there but for it to be to truly be good news that penetrates our hearts we have to know that there is a problem, and that problem is sin. And so when I read these verses, it overwhelmed me with sadness because there is nothing good in them. These verses, I mean, these people were off the deep end, living without any moral compass or conviction. And I think we can—we all agree that there was a major problem, and that was life without a holy God. Problems will continue to arise when we live without God and when we try to be um, the Lord of our own lives um, because we'll continue to fall short. Um, Time and time again, God sent someone to rescue the Israelites, but they were continued time and time again to choose to live without God, and it led to destruction and death. And I'm, but I'm so thankful that the story did not end here. God is a good God who keeps his promises and he did not leave us in our sin. Hundreds of years later, prophecy was fulfilled and God sent the ultimate rescuer. Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, devoted his life to model what is good, died a sinner's death because of our sins. And he rose from the grave three days later. And now his spirit lives inside all who put their faith in him. And as awful as this story is, there is a reason that it is in the Bible. Pastor Brady and Pastor Nick have been talking about in Joshua, remembering the past so that we can fully understand God's faithfulness and that we don't forget it. And this is certainly a story I will remember. It shows what life looks like apart from God. And as terrible as this story is, it reminds me of how kind and loving our Father is to step down from his throne to rescue us. I'm thankful for his grace and how his mercies are new each morning. So as we close the day, I want you, or I want to ask you a hard question. Is there a problem in your life that you need to identify and walk away from? Whether that's numbing out the pain with substances looking at inappropriate images on the internet, lustful thoughts, gossiping about coworkers, being greedy with your money, loving ungodly things. Um, Romans 1 lays out uh, or outlines a lot of different sin problems. And Romans chapter 1, 2, and 3, they just do a really, it does a really good job of just helping you understand um, the context of what we're talking about today and sin and righteousness and all of those things. Um, But at the end of the day, we all struggle with something, but remembering God's faithfulness helps us to turn away from those struggles and it helps turn us to a holy and just God. And I know these verses are hard, but I hope that you are encouraged and reminded of how good the good news is because of the terrible problem in the past.